everybody. Welcome to the Know the News podcast, a production of the Northwest Arkansas Democratic Gazette Newsroom. I'm Dave Perosic, a Metro editor at the newspaper, and this is our February 18th, 2022 edition of the podcast. Uh, it's an exciting time for political junkies because we're just a few days away from the filing period for the 2022 primary elections in our state. Filing begins Tuesday, 2-22-22, and goes for a week. I'm pleased to have joining me here in the studio, Doug Thompson, longtime political reporter, to talk about this with me. Doug, good as always to see you. Yeah, good to see you, Dave. Uh, I can't quite recall how long it's been since we've been in the same room together, <laughs> thanks to this pandemic, <laughs> but it's been months at least, so... Uh, mm. uh, Wanted to mention once upon a time, Doug and I worked together on the opinion pages of uh, the, uh, what you call a conglomerate of mm-hmm. newspapers that previously existed up here, the fun we had. Oh, yeah, his best job in journalism. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, glad you could be here with me today. You've mm-hmm. written yeah. a story that uh, our readers will get a chance to see this weekend pegged to the upcoming filing period. It's scheduled to publish Sunday, and while nothing is 100% guaranteed in this business, I can't imagine that will change. Uh, I've had a chance to read it, and it's a real interesting piece. Um, So why don't you explain the angle that you took that story and just summarize what it's like? It's not so much an angle as as basically a a simple fact. If If you're a voter, and you want to have any influence, any influence at all, on the makeup of your legislature, then if there's a primary in your district, you need to vote in it. It really is as simple as that. And the probably the most telling statistic I've got here, look, every member of the state house comes up for election every election year. Uh, half the Senate comes up for election every election year. So in the past, Four elections put together. We had 470 uh, elections to to determine the makeup of the legislature. Only 158 of those 470 actually had a Democrat and Republican against each other by the time the general election rolled around. And of those, the vast majority was de- were decided the winner had... Um, at least 55% of the vote, okay? I mean, it's, it's, it's common knowledge that there's a supermajority of, uh, of uh, Republicans in the legislature. I will point out that for most of the state's history and most of my, my lifetime, it was, it was winning the Democratic primary was tantamount to winning the election. So yeah, the shoe's on the other foot, but it's still a shoe, let's put it that way. Um, and there is a, um, and last year's, just using last year's, or not last year, the last election, the 2020 election as an example, there were eight contested races for the state Senate. Republicans won seven of them. Only one of them uh, was less than um, 55%, 55% going to the winner. And that was a still quite comfortable 53.6, if I remember correctly. 
So yeah, it's not, uh, if you want to have an influence and you've got a primary coming up, uh, and here's the thing about the only political junkies don't know, or only political junkies know that's really important. It doesn't matter how you voted in the past. It doesn't matter what you're registered as. You can walk up and ask for a primary ballot for either party. If there's a contested race in, a prim in one party's primary, but not in another's, you can vote in it. If you're the, mm -hmm. you know, if you live in Fayetteville and you're the biggest, you know, make America great again Republican there possibly is, you can put on your red ball cap and you can drive your pickup truck with Trump stickers all over it and walk into the polling place and say, I want a Democratic ballot. You can do that. Uh, same thing as a Republican. If you're, a f you know, the biggest Democrat in Fayetteville and you can, you can put on your, you know, I'm with her t-shirt and go in there and say, I want a Republican ballot. Um, Arkansas is one of only 15 states where both parties' primaries are open. Mm -hmm. You can do that. Um, the fly in the ointment as far as the, the primaries being decisive, there's not that many contested primaries, unfortunately. I say unfortunately because I, you know, think that voters ought to have a choice in everything, but that's not the way it works. But anyway, that's, that's, that's the short and dirty version of, of what goes on every election year. Yeah, right. Uh, so... Can we expect anything different this year? Do you, do you think do you see any? Um Very much so. Very much so. And here's, here's the thing. I wrote that story with a statewide perspective, but I'm going to look at this from the, from the perspective of a Benton or Washington County voter, okay? We just had a U.S. Census. They just redrew... Uh, legislative district lines to equalize the population. They, that means we have some entirely new, we have four entirely new House seats here. There's no incumbent in them. Mm -hmm. We have one entirely new Senate seat. No incumbent in it. We have another district where, where uh, former Senator Lance Eads of Springdale left left and you know we've already had one special election to fill the vacancy well it's wide open there's a senate seat in springdale that has no uh, incumbent in it or may have no incumbent in it because the, the mr fulfer colby fulfer who won the special election hasn't said yet whether he's going to run for re-election and at least two other candidates have announced for the mm -hmm. republican primary in addition to that, you have uh, uh, represent you have one representative in um, in Bentonville who's running for a state senate seat, one of the new state senate seat. And on top of that, you have two um, state of our state senators in Benton County have uh, are not running for re-election. And you have members of the House who have declared. For their sentence. Anyway, I'm, I'm being confusing here. The short version is that, that there's never much churn. In a regular election year, there's not much churn, so to speak, in legislative races. This year, is in northwest Arkansas in particular, is the exception. Uh, there's another factor. 
and I'm going to try to make this as, as non-convoluted as I can be. Normally, half the Senate comes up for election in any, any given election year. We have 35 state senators. This year, every senator is going to be on the ballot. Every Senate seat is going to be on the ballot, mm -hmm. all 35 of them. Why? Because it's the first general election after a U.S. Senate, after a U.S. Census. The districts have all been redrawn. So everybody, even if they're an incumbent, is running in at least a new di some sort of new district. At the very least, their borders have been changed. So everybody's going to have to run. And sometime after the election, everybody, all the members of the Senate are going to draw lots, and some of them, and half of them are going to find out they've got a full four years term, and another half of them are going to run, are going to find out they're going to have to run again in two years. And the reason for that rather odd procedure is to make sure that half the Senate is always up for re-election, whatever happens. Right. So... Um, you know, taking into account that just the, there are more seats available up here mm -hmm. um, because of the redistricting uh, from 2020 census. Um, do you sense there's more interest in these? In Oh, there's no sense to it. I mean, I have to, every time somebody ha announces, I have to write a story about it. I've read it. Yeah, and you have to read them and edit them mm -hmm. yeah, and correct them. So, yeah, every time somebody announces, um, just my back of the envelope, you know, keeping track. Let me back up a minute. Nothing's official until somebody pays his filing fee and his or her filing fee and goes to the Secretary of State's office and registers as a candidate, okay? Mm -hmm. But based on the number of publicly announced candidates. We're going to have at least four uh, contested primaries uh, up here for House seats. We're going to have at least one contested primary up here for a Senate seat. We've got one race in Bentonville. It's got five candidates in it, four Republicans and a Democrat. You know, we've got, um, uh, and there's, you know, there's other seats. So, uh, I mentioned that Josh, I mentioned that, uh, you know, Jim Dotson in Bentonville, Republican Bentonville, running for a Senate seat. Uh, he's got uh, announced opposition. I've got uh, Josh Bryant in another Republican, and Rogers, he's running for a state Senate seat. That opens up his district. He, he's just got one so far announced uh, for that seat so far. Clint Penzo. Republican Springdale running for a uh, a, um, a uh, state Senate seat there. That's mm -hmm. opened up. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're going to see. Uh, I moved to Northwest Arkansas in 1998. I'll have to double check my records to be sure, but I believe this is going to be the liveliest huh. uh, primary season I've ever covered. That's the word I was looking for. Liveliest. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, any particular races that, uh, I mean, you've mm -hmm. touched on some of them, but any particular, any ones in particular that you're uh, going to be 
watching out for um, or think are particularly interesting this go around? The um, State Board of Apportionment um, put quite a priority on creating a majority Hispanic district mm -hmm. in Eastern Springdale. And so far we have a grand total of one announced candidate for that district. It's House District 9. Um, I expect there to be others. Mm -hmm. I expect there to be others. The most interesting race, uh, though, so far is, is um, Senate District uh, 31. And it's interesting because they may have, they may be in a position of having uh, three different state senators in, in little more than a year. Um, Lance Eads of Springdale was the state senator. Um, Mr. Eads uh, left for a job in the private sector with, with a lobbying and consulting firm. There was a special election to replace him and under Arkansas law, if you're a current office holder, you can't run in a special election for a different office. So, for instance, uh, sitting state legend, no member of the House could run for this Senate vacancy. Uh, Colby Fulfer of Springdale uh, won the special election on February the 8th, but he hasn't announced yet if he's going to run for re-election. He's eligible. But if he does, he's going to face a, um, a um, opposition. As I mentioned, Representative Penzo has already declared he wants to run for that Senate seat. Uh, yesterday, we had a pastor in the, of the First Methodist Church in Springdale, um, Pastor Thompson. Now, no relation no that relation. I know of. Uh, announced that he's going to run for that Senate seat. So we've got a guaranteed contested primary, and then, you know, if Mr. Fulfer decides, hey, gets down there and falls in love with the place, uh, he may do it also. So like I say, then in that case, if, it, if, if he doesn't, or if uh, one of the other two prevails, we, we, we're going to have Lance Eads up until the end of October, then Colby Fulfer, who's not been sworn in yet, is just getting his election certified today, and then, potentially, a third state senator for, for Springdale and Tawnytown and, and what have, and Elm Springs um, in January. So it's, yeah, that, 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 that's one to watch. And, yeah. of course, the, and of course, there's the race for the uh, Senate district in north-central Benton County. Uh, Representative, uh, Representative Dotson from Bentonville is running for that, and uh, the mayor of Bella Vista, Peter Christie, is running for that. So there's going to be a contested primary there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's going. It, it's 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 going to be. Uh, I'm going to be busy. <laughs> I'll put it this way, but I want to reemphasize: nothing's for certain until people pay the filing fee, and then register for the office and register as a candidate. That begins Tuesday, as you mentioned in your intro. That begins Tuesday, and it lasts for a week. And we'll see what happens. What's required to file? 
Well, if you, I, I don't recall off the top of my head what the filing fee is for each of each of the parties, but it requires you know several thousand dollars to be a state legislative candidate. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you so basically you got to you you have to you have to pay the party first, then you have to go to the Secretary of State's office in Little Rock, and you have to file with the Secretary of State. It's a, it's a state office, so that is that is where you got to go. And um, then after that, the primary is May the 24th, and, uh, and that's where that's the first thing you run for. Mm-hmm. And if you win that primary, chances are um, you're, going, you're going to go to the state house. I'm going to hedge on that a little bit and point out that it's not a guarantee. It is sometimes possible. To, um, to uh, lose an election, it's it's if, if you've got the dominant party in that district's um, uh, nomination, uh, we in Mr. Fulfer's special election, he won by the grand total of 34 votes out of 4,300 cast. Grant Tennille, the uh, Democratic Party state chairman, said, and I'm quoting him here, that if we hadn't been for a couple of days of ice. Interfering with early voting, uh, Lisa Parks would have won that election. I'm not sure I disagree with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that raises the whole issue of, of Democrats having an advantage in early voting. I mean, frankly, uh, the Republican, reluct- Republican, generally speaking, reluct- reluctance to early vote nearly cost them that election. Uh, but anyway, that's, mm-hmm. that's another topic. I'm getting off the, off the base there. Um, and we, when we talk about, you know, primaries being so decisive, we tend to talk about Republican primary being decisive. Let me point out, for instance, that it would be very difficult for a Republican challenger to win in the Senate district that's composed largely of Fayetteville, okay? Right. It would be very difficult for a Republican to uh, win the House seat uh, that consists of downtown Fayetteville, including the university, okay? So, yeah, there's some sorting going on here, and the Republicans, by and large, are the most, uh, benefit the most from it, but it's not a strictly one-way street. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, there's a um, Democratic senator in um uh, Little Rock, who was the only Democrat to win a Senate race, he was an incumbent. He won with 64.9, almost 65 percent of the vote. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's, there's some there's some sorting going on here. Um, but yeah, by and large, it's the Republican primary that matters, and that does affect our politics. If you've ever wondered why the legislature, when it's in session, seems so focused on issues like abortion. Or guns, or or you know, vaccine mandates, or whatever in schools is because those are the things that count in a Republican primary. And let me point out here that eighteen percent turnout in a non-presidential election year in in twenty. In 2018, 
there was like an 18% turnout, less than 19% turnout statewide. That's for all primaries, Democratic and Republican. So what you've got is basically less than one-fifth of the voting public choosing who everybody else gets to vote for. Yep. I mean, that's, that's a lot of power <laughs> in the hands of a relatively few number of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if you see, and like I say, it, it reflects in our politics. If you wonder why uh, the legislature concentrates so heavily on those kinds of issues, that's a big part of the reason. One of the things, uh, and you've touched on it a little bit already, is the political transformation that Arkansas has mm -hmm. undergone in the past, well, 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. um, from a state that voted majority Democrat to mm -hmm. a state that is now majority Republican um, in a very short amount of time. Yes, and, extremely short amount of time. And um, you, you mentioned this in your story. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, can you talk about how that happened? Well, I'm to do better than talk about it. I'm going to quote uh, Professor Angie Maxwell with the university who literally wrote the book on um, politics in the South and such as that. She said, quote, quote her correctly here, I'm going to refer to copy the story I've written. She said <clears throat> that the South went from Democratic to Republican over the course. It used to be the solid South, the Democrats. For most of my life, it was the solid South, the Democratic Party. And then it turned Republican. Every other Southern state, though, had um, a more lengthy transition, let's put it that way, than we did. Arkansas flipped. Uh, it was majority in in 2010. It was majority Democrat, and it was and it was Republican. I mean, a majority Democrat, a Democratic governor, all the all state constitutional, statewide elected officials were were Democrats. That's not true. Secretary of State was Republican, but it was um, it flipped in two elections. It went from majority, uh, the House got a majority Republicans in, in the 2012 elections and the, and the um, whole legislature and the governorship and the statewide elected officers uh, and, uh, went Republican 2014. So as, as Professor Maxwell points out, this was a remarkably rapid change. Uh, ex nobody went through a change as rapidly as we did. And here's the, you know, the, and the result is being the majority party takes a certain set of skills, okay? You got to know how to discipline and have party discipline, get everybody on the same page, all that other stuff. Being in the opposition takes a certain set of skills, you know, how can we effectively do this out of the, you know, how can we stop this or modify that? Neither party got any practice at this. Neither party had had a chance, you know, we always say the shoe's on the other foot. Um, but neither party 
had a transition period where they had to work with the other side to get anything done. There was a grand total of one session where uh, they had actually had to work together to get anything accomplished. And after that, not only was it the majority uh, on both before and after that transition, not, it was, not only was it a majority uh, on, on one side, it was a supermajority. When I got up here in 1998, that was the first, that was the first election in which the Republicans had more than, won more than 25 of the House seats. And they weren't, and, it, and, it, and in Arkansas, it takes a three-quarters vote to pass a state budget. That was the first time the Republicans can say, oh, finally, we can't be ignored now. Mm-hmm. And that was the election of 98 began, and, you know, began the session of 19, in 1999. We are exactly in the opposite case today. But even in the time, even in 1999, from 1999 on up until very recently, the Republicans were still a serious minority. Um, now they're not. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that Professor Maxwell pointed out to me that, that didn't make the story because it couldn't, didn't smoothly fit in, but she's absolutely right about this, other states have more powerful governors. That's not a comment on Governor Hutchinson. That's a comment on the Constitution of the state of Arkansas. Uh, the governor's veto can be overridden with a mere majority vote. You don't even require a supermajority, not even the two-thirds or, or even a, a um, uh, even 60-40. Right. Uh, you, 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 a simple majority vote. Well, obviously, a bill never gets to his desk unless it won a simple, say, simple majority vote in both houses. So if you're willing to defy the governor, you can, you can overturn him. But the importance of that is when you have a more powerful governor, people still have to work together because to get the governor to sign off on it and to get everybody else, you know, enough votes to pass it, you've got to have um, some form of consensus. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, you've got to work to create a consensus. Well... You know, you can't in Arkansas. You don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was. It was a good point. It was a good point and worth worth bearing in mind. Um, mm-hmm. Skipping around to some other parts of your story here, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm trying not to give away too much of it uh, on the podcast. But uh, you talked to uh, former state rep Dan Douglas of yes. Benville, for um, who was a proponent of. Um, a top two primary system. Yes. And uh, that's where all candidates for an office would be listed on the same primary ballot. Yes. And then the top two vote getters, regardless of party affiliation, then advance to the general election, if I, right. if I understand correctly. So um, it's an interesting idea. Is it something you think has could ever gain traction here in our state? There's been attempts to do similar things and put them on the ballot. It was thrown off by the state Supreme Court. 
Uh, yeah, I think there's support for it, but I think that, frankly, I mean, to be blunt about it, I think I think that uh, not only were Arkansas legislators against it. I mean, it didn't get it didn't even get out of committee. Mm-hmm. It didn't even come to the floor to vote uh, when he introduced that bill in 2017. Not only are they against it for obvious reasons. I mean, you know, if you're an incumbent and you're pretty secure in your primary, there's you know. Mm-hmm. Good reason not to, not to change it, but Republican primary voters certainly like the degree of influence they have over who gets to be the candidate. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, frankly, why should they give that up? Now, is there support for it generally? Oh, yeah, but you've got to get something on the ballot, and you'll notice the legislatures consistently every legislative session is trying to do something to make it harder. To do that, I mean, we've got a constitutional amendment on the ballot this election that will require, you know, a 60-40 majority to pass an initiated act like that. I mean, it's it's just, yeah, if you'll notice, if you keep track of these things, the legislature is always trying to make it harder to get mm-hmm. initiated acts passed. And um, things like that, things like this one are one of the reasons. By the way, that I'm glad you brought Representative Douglas up because that reminds me of something. Um, he was outspoken against, you know, just deciding stuff on on, on a party line basis and such as that. And, and he was outspoken and then saying that, look, we need to concentrate on um, things like things that are of importance to the state that we can actually do something about, you know, highways. And he was a big advocate for highway, for we need more money for highways and such as that. And he won his last primary by the grand total of 12, 12, you heard that correctly, 12 votes. The same year he won his primary, uh, another like-minded Republican, Representative Janet De La Rosa of Rogers, won her primary by three, one, two, three mm-hmm. votes. This was in 2018. So when I say that primary voters have outsized influence on the state op- on the state uh, politics, that is exactly exactly what I'm talking about. As, as, as Ms. De La Rosa said, you know, three people, you can have that many registered voters in one household. Literally, some household somewhere in Rogers or Lowell or somewhere decided her, the result of her Republican primary. All right. And I'll also point out that she went on to lose the next one. Uh, Ken Underwood was, uh, rep- now Representative uh, Ken Underwood, was a new opponent who came darn near to unseating an incumbent. And uh, in that first time, and he did the second try. So yeah, if you want if you want a vote that counts more than at any other time, if there's a contested primary in your district, go vote in it. I mean, there's a, uh, like, I'm going to repeat this because it is important. Arkansas is one of 15 states where you can vote in any primary you want to. Mm -hmm. So 
oh, I should also mention that if you if you don't want to make a stand, if you don't want to say, I don't want to, you know, for some reason, you know, you want to maintain your independent status, you can ask for a ballot that's just for the nonpartisan races, which are conducted at the same time as party primaries. If you 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 can go up and say, look, I just want to vote it on on judges and prosecutors. I don't want to vote in a party primary. You do have the option of do, doing that. So you can be red, blue, or neutral. It's up. It's entirely up to you to vote in a primary election. When primary election comes around, May the 24th. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas in particular is going to have an opportunity, going to have a lot of opportunities to vote in elections that really matter. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you've got a busy week ahead. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I, I'm not running for anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to cover the people who are running. Uh-huh. So I'm going to let you go home and rest. And uh, uh, But really appreciate you coming in and talking about this. Oh, it's, that's, a, that's no problem. Fascinating topic, to me at least. And mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I think your story is going to be real interesting to a lot of people so um just want to encourage all you listeners to give that a read and uh, again it should be coming out this sunday a story on the coming primaries season and the reasons to go out and vote in the primary so doug thanks again thank you appreciate it appreciate the opportunity doug's story is just some of the fascinating and informative content we'll be bringing you this weekend i want to tell you about just a few of the other things you'll find in the paper Initial design concepts have been unveiled for a proposed expansion of the Yvonne Richardson Community Center in Fayetteville, and now officials are soliciting public input on the plans. Stacy Ryburn, our Fayetteville City reporter, has that story for you. Northwest Arkansas Community College's enrollment was nearing its record high back in the fall of 2019. Then the COVID-19 pandemic hit and, well, enrollment took a sudden and sharp hit. Our education reporter, Janelle Jessen, will explore that topic and what college administrators are doing to try and get enrollment back on track to where it once was. A $51 million housing development called the Lumen is about to be constructed on an already busy stretch of South Walton Boulevard in Benville. Our city reporter, Mike Jones, will provide the details of the project and how it fits into the city's plans. The Western Arkansas Planning and Development District helped secure more than $3 million for projects in its service area last year, including Sebastian, Crawford, Franklin, Logan, Polk, and Scott counties. Reporter Thomas Sassente delves into what projects the district gets involved in and where the money went in his story for our River Valley page this weekend. And in What's Up?, Becca Martin-Brown has a story about an upcoming performance of the Symphony of Northwest Arkansas that will include Sandeep Daz, a master of the tabla, which, if you're not familiar, is an Indian drumming tradition. Becca talks to Daz about his appearance with Sona February 26th at the Walton Arts Center. If you're not a subscriber, don't miss out on any of this great content. Just hit the subscribe button on our website, nwaonline.com, or call us at 479-684-5500.
If you like our weekly podcast, please subscribe. All you have to do is hit the subscribe button on your device right now. Thanks for listening. And until next week, this is Dave Perosic signing off for Know the News. Have a great weekend, everybody.